say, I say, Africa must wake up, the sleeping sons of Jacob, for what tomorrow may bring. May Our dynasty on the morning bliss. Can you tell me, young ones, who are we today? On our dynasty, we are speaking about um, how we as African people have a very, very unique, <laughs> I think that's the word I should use, relationship with money. Um, and we just want to understand what has caused this unique and not so, not always so pleasant relationship with money. Our guest is uh, Head of Financial Ed- of Education at Old Mutual, John Manike. John, good morning. Good morning to you. Bright and early this morning. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have a bit of a better understanding on why Africans have such a relationship with money. When I think of money, right, I remember oh. um, my what, what, my first year uh, in a sociology class hearing the lecturer say money is really not... It, 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 it's 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 almost like an illusion, if I may paraphrase, um, because we've oh. always been exchanging. But money is a new concept oh. when it comes to exchanging to us. And then I bring it to the African context. And I look at how especially Southern Africans treat money. Oh. A- Southern oh. Africans treat money in a very touchy way. We don't talk about it. It's it's so elusive. It's almost like a myth to us. And and oh. then we are always in debt and all, all these issues. Why why do we have this uh precarious relationship, Nemal? Okay. Mina, I call it a long distance relationship <laughs> with mine. Uh, I, love I it. think maybe that that analogy might resonate with some people particularly those who've been in a long-distance relationship, but it's not easy to be in a long-distance relationship because uh, with a long-distance relationship, uh, the partner comes once a month and hangs around for three days. <clears throat> and then after three days, uh, then the partner disappears until next month. Some months, I guess. You know, so <laughs> I, I think... If if you look at it, people look at what happens on payday. You have people who are um, payday millionaires who are queuing up uh, <laughs> at these uh, fast food outlets, and it only happens around payday. Why only on payday? I always say to people, if you cannot afford lama wings uh, throughout the month, and you can only buy on on month end or payday, it means you can't afford them. So maybe maybe we should look at where does this come from? <clears throat> so you see, money is um we we grow up um where we learn that ma- the scarcity of money. We come from poor backgrounds. Even in those days, remember, even if you were born in a rich family where your your father had uh, livestock, lots of it. It was not necessarily, um, you know, you were not handling cash or anything of that nature. But the reality is we come from a poor background. Uh, some of us were living in families, big families, where you were told you don't have access to certain portions of a meat. And it's a wound. It's a wound we had from childhood. 
hey, you're not entitled to this. It's only for the uncles or for whatever the case may be. Some, some we grew up walking barefoot. Now that's why today uh, people have uh, this thing about buying shoes every month, buying shoes. Uh, if you look at the number of shoes they have, um, I, you would think if this was an asset, it was something else. Um, because we are trying to deal with serious wounds um, uh, sustained from childhood um, about money. And we don't realize that at the subconscious level, we keep spending this money because we are trying to settle a score. We're trying to deal with something that happened long time ago. And that's why when money comes, we make it disappear. Siakang. We are naughty. This long-distance relationship is one that's not even maintained because you are talking about the the wings, you know? And I'm thinking, driving patterns, and I always complain about this, driving patterns when people are paid are disgusting. They are, people are obnoxious even on the road when they drive. Uh People are obnoxious, never mind that they're filled in the malls. So... Uh, where? Look, look at the movement. Look at the movement. At least when you're talking about driving, just the walk, Jay. That's why <laughs> the someone called Begeli Begeli. The guy walks like I don't know. We we, uh, we even have we even have songs, eh? Agla leg magnemali. You don't, you can't sleep because you've got money. Imagine what we put ourselves to. Okay, so right. now this relationship is so bad, and this relationship is not sustainable. Clearly. Um, I say this because it's not a relationship that builds for posterity. It does not build for the future. It's a relationship that, you know, especially if you grew up seeing uh, a letter uh, and then you, you, you are given that letter to take to Mamawasa next door or the house opposite and you are told, give this person the letter. And all of a sudden there's money. And then you, you mm. give it back ho- at home and then you are months later or weeks later, the money goes back. But nothing's explained mm. to you. That relationship is just, it starts <coughs> off badly with money. We, we don't expose uh, children to healthy financial um, literacy. I'm, I'm glad you brought that example because it, it goes back to what I was talking about, you know, about wounds. Because you know about this envelope and you realize that the envelope, when it's supposed to go back, it's painful. You see the pain in your parents' eyes when the neighbor sends uh, a child to say, parcel. Now, this parcel makes, creates certain emotions that are unpleasant. Now, you are older now and you are dealing with all these different wounds. That's why we have this particular mindset about, about, about money because of uh, these wounds that, that we, I believe, I mean, I had an interesting conversation a couple of weeks, weeks ago, I had a podcast interview with a, a, a trauma education specialist. And this is why I'm talking, I'm looking at it from this angle because it sort of, it changed my perspective about why is it that people behave the way they do when it comes to money? There's a very strong relationship between money and our mental health. Um, our psychology around money, um, there are a lot of influences that come from how we were introduced to it and, and some of those wounds we had from childhood. So 
now here we are we've got financial trauma you know uh, emotional damage we don't talk about financial damage uh, but mm. with this emotional trauma comes with it the issue of things like black tax uh, over indebtedness mm. um, not having mm. savings how can mm. we fix it especially for people who are in an industry like ours our industry you, you don't you, you don't have a permanent job your contractor, mm. so your independent contractor. Um, our mm. industry, being the the media industry, uh, you are gigger basically. Uh, musicians, mm. when you your your music sells, you make some money from royalties or from those music sales. Uh, you, you you make money from an event uh, performing there, uh, but there's no constant money, and and then you see people in this industry living lavish, Manika. You know, you know. Uh, no. you're wearing brands you're driving mm-hmm. expensive cars no. and then now you no longer are able to perform then there's no, no. income in the house now you on social media mm-hmm. asking for donations crowdfunding um, or no. you pass away and no. the, the, the greater nation now needs to fund that how can we fix no. these things I think uh, for me, I would talk, uh, uh, you know, I want to talk about this as if it's like a therapy conversation where you need to have a self-talk with your, with yourself. Try and reflect because there are things we avoid to face um, about these, these money wounds. So I believe one needs to begin with um, a bit of self-introspection. Why am I spending the money the way I'm spending? Why am I doing retail therapy? What emotions am I trying to address with this uh, retail therapy? Because you suddenly you realize that when you bring emotions to money, you're going to have problems. Your problems will have grandchildren because you're mixing money with emotions. You, you want to buy this thing in, out of impulse. What brings about this excitement? In some instances, um, we have an issue with, we think money defines us. We think our material positions defines who we are. But you are not your car. You are not your house. Whether you lose the house or, 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 or car, it shouldn't really make you feel that you are losing your identity. So because of associating identity with money, when suddenly your neighbor or your friend buys a car, a new car, you feel pressure to also do the same because you feel you are falling behind. But who told you you are falling behind? Who told you you are lagging behind because uh, you don't have that type of car and then suddenly you need to have because then you're finding yourself competing with people you shouldn't be competing with. So I think we need a, a, some very serious self-talk um, but reflecting and confront, confronting ourselves. The people you see, for example, in a Blewett, um, <clears throat> they had the same challenge that they were so ill-prepared for such a cash lump sum, you know, whether it came through a road accident fund or through Lotto, but because they, they're living a dream, it's this illusion that you're talking about because they thought, oh, what? I've got this money and they want to live the life they've always fantasized about. And because they don't have the character uh, of, of, of wealth creation and they don't have the right mindset. And before we know it, um, the money is finished. I, I, I interviewed a lady. Um, um, she, 
blew 14 million in six months. Um, it was in that show, yeah, I blew it. And when you ask her, uh, what happened? She can't explain what happened. So I think that's why I'm saying, you know, to answer your question, we need to do that self-introspection and confront ourselves with truth. Why am I behaving the way I'm behaving? Why am I competing with people? Um, why am I trying to keep up with the, with the kulmalos? Um, am, am I, am I, am I, I'm in my own lane. Um, let's make peace with the fact that our material possessions don't define who we are. Then the kind of things we post on social media, trying to project a, a, a character that is overachieving, to what end? What am I trying to achieve with that? Because I think we're dealing with psychological issues with, without being aware, subconsciously we're dealing with it. So now, um, this therapy session has helped us. How can we have a, a relationship with money that incorporates financial advisors? Because I believe in financial advisors. I believe in getting oh. experts to tell us expert things. So I can't fall ill and then go to um, my technical producer, Zalma, and say, Zalma, I, I've got a headache and expect Zalma to treat my headache, which is actually not a headache, it's a migraine or it's an eyesight no. problem, you know, or it's a tumor, no. or some, you know? Um, so no. I believe in financial advisors. How can we start having no. that relationship? Because they only know what a person who sells insurance. Yeah. So when I need life, yeah. n- not even life cover, people just go for a funeral, uh, you know, benefits yeah. and funeral cover. When I need such, then yeah. I must go to a person like this. But it goes over and beyond that relationship. No, absolutely. You, you, I, I, you're spot on about, about the role of financial advisors, which, which I think it's underrated. Um uh, <clears throat> And like you correctly point out, if you have a medical problem, you speak to a doctor, a medical doctor. If you've got a legal problem, you go to um, a, a lawyer. Similarly, when you want to have a financial plan, you have to speak to somebody who's an expert in that area. And financial advisors are trained and not only trained, but they are also accredited to do what they do. So in other words, if whatever they do, they have to act within the confines of the law. So to the extent that they can be held liable for for the type of uh, advice that they give you. That's why financial advisors have to record um, the advice that they give to you. And there is a regulator um, that from time to time, I mean, will, is playing an oversight role on the type of advice that people um, get. So it's important to have a relationship with a financial planner because if you don't have a plan, you are planning to fail. So it's important to have a, a, play, a holistic plan that looks at, um, um, let's, start it with, let's start with your financial plan in terms of life cover. And I like what you said earlier about, you know, especially um, African people just love funeral covers because we believe we've got these families that we need to contribute, but we're not thinking long-term because the funeral will only deal with the burial, but then what happens after the burial? People have to leave, children have to go to school, um, the family has to eat. A life cover is critical because it helps you to ensure that the, the income is not interrupted and life continues um, uh, with, uh, with, the, with the children. And then coupled with that, you need to speak to an advisor about having a will. How do you ensure that your estate 
is uh, is liquid enough um, to be able to settle uh, all your debts and your family can still inherit. Um, because a lot of people who are paying bonds uh, today because of not having a life cover, when they pass away, that house is going back to the bank. So that means the children will be taken out of the house, uh, the spouse out of the house, because one did not have a life cover to settle that debt so that the family continues to have a house and continue to have income because of maybe a payout, your yeah, 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 life cover. These things are very critical. You will talk about uh, maybe how do you say for long term? Um, these are the kind of conversations you need to be having with your financial advisor. Very true, very true. But then there's also the relationship with money in our relationships, intimate relationships, uh, money with our uh, relationships with family and uh, our children. How, how do we paint a good picture? How do we start talking about money um, around the table so that people don't have unrealistic expectations, people are not um, unrealistically demanding? Hey, I'm glad you spoke about the relationship because, hey, I'm telling you, a lot of people's financial wounds start with relationships, picking mm-hmm. the wrong one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, let's start the date within your lane. What does that mean? Don't go. <laughs> you know, even people, you can tell that um, the person you are dating, they are at a certain level in terms of the kind of lifestyle that they want to live and you can't afford them. So you need to make peace to say, I I can't afford that lifestyle. So therefore, but also the problem is that we are guilty of ourselves projecting that we've got money. And then you get into a relationship and you're struggling to sustain this image that you've created that uh, zilele. Um, And and then you've got all sorts of problems uh, in that marriage. Or you get married to somebody uh, who for them, they're not emotionally available to you, but financially they want you to bankroll whatever whatever lifestyle that they want to. So you need to be conscious about um, and be deliberate about when it comes to dating. Similarly with family, you need to have boundaries. The problem with uh, people struggling to keep with money and also dealing with, um, <clears throat> dealing with uh, having to give family money is because they just don't have boundaries. They're not able to say to a family, I can only help up to this extent and beyond this, um, um, I, can't, I can't help. So I think it's very important to, uh, to have those boundaries and, and, and stick to them religiously. When you spend money, live within your means. If you know you're earning, for argument's sake, I'll just pick any figure, say 30,000 rand a month, don't live a lifestyle of a 60,000 when you know you're earning 30,000. Try and live within your means. Don't compete with anyone. Stick to your own lane. Don't compete with anyone. Don't compare yourself with anyone. Stick to your lane. Um, don't profess to be what you are not when you go into a relationship. I think this one goes to men. Uh-huh. Um, and and uh, yeah, yeah, it's usually men who do this. Um, but then ladies, I've heard, who are much older, uh, when they are seeking the younger guys, also adopt the same thing. So yeah, mm. and be honest. And, and with children, with children, I'm, I'm mm. a mom. Um, mm. And I think... This somewhat savvy when it comes to uh, giving my children practical examples. Like, for instance, 
my turn, no. We don't go to the store without a list. If the list <coughs> is not written, and, and now the responsibility of writing the list is on <coughs> the eldest who's 14, and they do it <coughs> conjunctively. You go through the cupboards, you go through the refrigerator, and you, you write <coughs> what's um, missing. Um, and, that's how, and, and the treats as well are written. We don't go out mm. and say, hey, we are just going to the mall to eat something. There's no such thing <coughs> like that. We, we have to agree. Mm. What are we eating? Where are we eating? Mm. We don't get there mm. and sit and look at the menu for one hour. And then we start arguing about the bill, you know. Or we get to the store mm. and you're crying for a chocolate. No, it doesn't fly in my house. But how do we teach mm. our children financial literacy um, mm. a, a, over and beyond just maybe what I am <coughs> doing? And if I'm not doing right, please also tell me, John. Yeah. No, look, I, I, I like your approach. In fact, Mina, I even take it a step further than that. If we were to go and do uh, groceries, uh, let's eat breakfast at home. Yeah, you eat at home first. <laughs> yeah. Yes. True. Because you and know you take snack, I take food, snacks yeah? in the car as well, just by the way. So I'll take fruit that in is. the car and water. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because you know when you are full, and the smell of food will irritate you when you are full, full, full. So make sure that the children have eaten before you go do shopping because you'll have less. And, but also you need to workshop them before you leave to say, listen, like you say, yeah, your snacks, we've eaten. So when we get there, you're not going to be demanding. And so you set the rules up front before you go there. That, so I, I, I sometimes I see parents having to deal with children who are rowdy and all sorts of uh, throwing tantrums because they saw chocolate, especially, you know, the retailers know this. They put the chocolates at the aisle when you're going to pay because that's where the children are lethal. <laughs> when, you, when it gets to spending you things that you never plan to spend. Someone might say, ah, man, it's just 20 rand, 30 rand. The problem is you are dealing with a habit here that this child is going to grow up with this habit. Would I need to get whatever I want at whatever time that I want it. It's not about whether there's money in the bank account. So that's a, those are the conversations we need to have. Even with giving children, sometimes you need to test them with uh, uh, um, pocket money and say, look, if you give your child pocket money and you say, on a Monday, you give him a pocket money for the week. I want to see how you spend this money. You divide this money for the number of days, and then let's see if you would have money on the last day. Already, you'll start picking up where, which of your child has a particular spending habit, a bad spending habit, or which one is a saver. I mean, I've, uh, uh, you know, a grade two grade fives, and they... Um, <clears throat> They are different. You know, the other one is a spender, big spender. The other one is a saver. The other one will actually bring money and say, please put this money away for me. So you start having conversations with, uh, with children. It shouldn't be that money is a taboo subject in the house. Let's have conversations about money in the house. I'm not saying discuss your bond with your children to say, hey, this month, I don't even know. But you need to have a money conversations uh, with the children. But even doing the exercise, what is the best way to save in the house? Okay, switch off the lights in a room that is not occupied. You know, things like that. You know, when you go to the shower, try and stick to a certain time. You don't need to be spending a whole hour in the shower as if it's a sauna. You know, so, I mean, you, you have make, make it fun, you know. So I think um, you need to 
have those conversations about money with children, um, sometimes challenge them. You know, these, our children these days are quite smart, I must be honest. I mean, they, when you don't give them an answer, they Google. You know, I mean, at, at primary already, they can Google, they can challenge you, they will ask you things, get them to uh, to research stuff, don't always spoon feed them, ask them a question and say, look, go and find out them, because they get these projects uh, at school when they're doing life skills and all sorts of things. I think that's the, uh, the way to go. And now, how do we start saving? Um, for people who are working, no matter what work you do, where do we start saving? Because I also know savings are categorized. There's investments and people think saving is saving, but there's investment and there's also saving. But even with the saving pocket, there's the emergency saving and what. what yeah, so please explain them to us and tell us how do we start? All right. So, so firstly, saving is, is something you do for short term. Uh, when you're talking investment, we're talking long-term, we're talking about having an underlying asset, whether it's property or whether it's shares. I mean, that's investing, that's long-term. There must always be an underlying asset there, whereas savings is just putting money away or suspending spending for a short term. But you know that you are going to, uh, you want to buy something over the next six months or so. So now, um, I would say when it comes to this area of saving, one of the mistakes that a lot of people make, that's why they save and then they dip into the same savings after a while. It's because we don't have an emotional relationship with a goal. So if you say, I'm going to save for my uh, children's education because I know my parents uh, couldn't afford and they didn't make provision for me and I couldn't further my studies because there was no money. Or I, I, I applied for admission at university and I was excluded on the basis of um, finances. I don't want my children to go through that. Therefore, I'm going to save for my children's education. You make that affirmation and you even give that investment or rather the, the savings plan a name, that education plan a name. You, give, you name it after your own child. When you have that type of an emotional relationship with your goal, it will help you in tough times or in times when you are tempted to use the money for entertainment because you know this is my child's education and you know why you are doing that. When you save without a goal, you make yourself vulnerable uh, to temptations and, and al along the way. So I, find, I think it's important to do that. Uh, when you do that, if you're saving for something big for long time, say you want, um, you want you 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 want to buy a house, do a collage, do a picture of a, of of a house that you want, and let that picture be clear to you. You post it in your put it in your bedroom, uh, put it in your bathroom, but or put it on your fridge because you are psyching yourself up to say this is the vision or the goal that I'm working towards. You know, you, that is, you need to have a victory condition. You know, this is what I need to keep myself focused on this goal. You know, th that kind of exercise is very, very important. You have um, uh, that even with the family. So the family knows we're working towards this house and you keep checking, you have milestones. And when you know after a year you've hit the goal, you celebrate. You can go and take yourself out with your family. You're celebrating that you've hit the milestone for the year in terms of that goal. So you need to set those milestones towards that particular goal. And make it a challenge to yourself. 
you know so these things are possible um and and that's what i would encourage uh, listeners to do as our listeners need to hear us hey timas please hear us hear us a hundred rand can go a long way a very very mm. long way um but uh, when you want to save and say hey i must have millions first uh you'll never get there you must save with the <laughs> with the basic things um uh, there's a atima who's asking a question that's very very relevant saying what about people mm. who don't even have basic food mm. so how can they mm. save they don't even have basic food what's your answer to mm. that john look uh, every person's circumstances is different. Even people who don't have food, their circumstances are not necessarily the same. So we have to understand what is the reason this person doesn't have food. Is it because they have no income? That's a different uh, person altogether. So they, one can provide the same solution to another person who doesn't have food because they work, but they're over-indebted. So we need to establish what, what are your personal circumstances uh, to the extent that you don't have access uh, to food. If it's a case of uh, somebody who's working and they got themselves into debt or they got retrenched or they got divorced, whatever the circumstances are, the circumstances are not the same. So there's no ne not necessarily one size fits all. But let's look at the scenario where a person is working um, but they are struggling to keep up because they found themselves into a, a lot of debt. Not everyone who is over-indebted um, was reckless. Others, it's life happened. So in the case of somebody who is working and they're over-indebted, they're struggling to keep up. We've got the National Credit Act, which protects consumers. You can. I, it's not. It, this is the last resort. I don't um, necessarily recommend um, uh, debt counseling for every single person. I think that that review has a particular stage in life or the, the level at which, um, you know, when things are extreme, where you want to save your house and you want to save your assets, you may need to go that route, but it's not for every single um, uh, person. Uh, so that is an option uh, where you can save your, your assets. Um, I know that people have had their own uh, unfortunate uh, experiences with, with debt review and they differ. But it's all also about picking the right debt counselor to help you to restructure debt. There's also what we call debt mediation. Uh, short of this is separate from uh, debt counseling where you are uh, listed on a credit bureau as somebody who's applied for for debt counseling. It could be you just need uh, uh, somebody to mediate. Um, so there are companies that helps to, to uh, negotiate for you, but you can also do it yourself. When you know you are over indebted, you can approach your, your, your credit providers and provide them with your budget and say, these are my expenses, this is my income. I can only afford to pay this much. And you make, you make arrangements with them that, that they restructure, but restructure in such a way that you make provision for food, for, for school fees and for water and lights. So that's, those are other uh, approaches. Somebody, for somebody who is retrenched, um, of course, it depends on um, uh, after being retrenched, did you get the retrenchment package? It, at what point are you talking to to the person who is retrenched? Because sometimes people do get this lump sum um, but uh, because they lost their job. But the question is how you behave when you receive that money is going to determine uh, what your tomorrow looks like. So sometimes we dig a hole for ourselves 
because we think we've got a lot of money and we blow it and then we get stuck um, when the money is not there. That's why I say there's no one size fits all. Let's go to an ATMA's voice note. All right. Hello, morning. My name is Tony. I wanted to comment about the finance guy. Um, the value of money is gone. People should learn how to save, how to invest in right places and learn more about investing. It doesn't mean that if something happened to you a long time ago, which is like when you were four, where you can't even remember all of most of the stuff, things were different back then. Now we are educated. Uh, we have podcasts. We have all sorts of things. So people should learn how to save money and do not spend what you don't have. And the other thing is that it's so funny that you mentioned um, the restaurant part. I think as African, we have problem of on the 25th, I'm going to KFC to buy a meal. Why don't you save that money and use it for something much more better or important? Mm, I like that comment. Thank you, Atima. Mm. Very wise up, Atima. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Let's wrap up our conversation. Um, John, what are your closing comments? Um, I'd say let's go back to reflecting on why we behave the way we behave when it comes to money. Try and confront ourselves and be real, be practical. Uh, you may find that um, there are things that you're trying to deal with that you have um, been ignoring or you're not aware that you are dealing with some uh, mental health issues where you need help, speak to a professional um, but more importantly have a financial advisor have a financial plan speak to a financial advisor don't compete with anyone stick to your lane last last question last question you know this uh, mm. pay yourself first um, yes. how do we do that without compromising, saving, and investing, yeah. and in, ensuring yeah. our lives. <laughs> yeah. So for me, when I hear the word pay yourself first, I'm not thinking consumption. When I hear the word pay yourself first, I'm hearing uh, uh, one that says, um, when I get paid, before I pay anyone that I owe, I'm going to put money aside for myself, for my future, and that's how I pay myself. Now, I'm going to treat savings as an expense in the same way that I would pay an installment for a piece of furniture or for my bond. I'm going to pay myself by putting money aside for my future. That's what paying yourself means. It doesn't mean wings. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. And also, I think going back to, uh, you know, the fact that we're having this discussion on our dynasty, uh, our forefathers mm -hmm. had land. Our forefathers mm. had cattle, our forefathers uh, planted fruits, vegetables, and our forefathers traded. So we need to mm. have, one, I think, multiple streams of income. Two, we mm. need to mm. utilize the little land we have. And yes, the ATM is right. We've got the likes of YouTube and the likes of um, and, and social media and the internet. So if you don't have enough land, do vertical farming in containers. You'll have food. Um, and I think we need to go back to the basics and stop trying to look like we have what we don't have. 
John, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you. How do A-teamers get in touch with you? I mean, you're a financial literacy guru. Uh, look, we, we have a social media platform. So on Facebook, uh, it's um, um, uh, um, uh, on the money financial education. On Twitter, it's OM underscore on the money. Uh, also on Instagram, OM underscore on the money. We've got a YouTube uh, podcast. Uh, it's all mutual on the money. Um, I mean, you, you can learn a lot. We always post a lot of uh, content um, and some tips uh, for, for people. Excellent. Thank you so very much for educating us. I think we should have more of these uh, discussions. Absolutely. 18 months, we wrap up like that. Uh, good music coming your way and then the news. May goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success. And to those who got paid because today is the 15th, uh, pay yourself first, but wisely. Invest. Love those around you and love yourself.